0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 187 of How Do You Write. I'm Rachel Herron. So glad that you're here with me today. Today, I am talking to the awesome Eddie King, who is doing something with his book that I have never heard of being done. You want to stick around for how he is using social media and this new release of his. It's completely fascinating and he is a super sweetie, super genuine and willing to share and he talks about there being no right way of writing and I love that. I am constantly telling people how to write and always trying to remember to add on to the end of that. Um, I'm right, unless I'm wrong, in which case you're right. Do your own thing. Um, that is so true about writing. So I know you're going to enjoy this really interesting and very different interview. Uh, and let's see what's going on around here. Well, I got my revision letter from my editor and it was so good. She, um, She spent a whole single spaced page. So we're talking 500 words or so, um, praising me. And you know, when you get a revision letter from your editor, usually often they say, you know, a few nice things and then they jump into the meat of the revision letter, which is what you need to fix, which is the job, right? That's the revision letter's job is to tell you what is broken and what needs fixing, uh, and so, when you hear the compliments as a writer, all of our brains say something like, Well, you know, she has to say that. She, you know, that's her job. She's supposed to build me up before she tears it apart. Um, but these compliments were so specific that in my email back to her, I wrote something like, um, I actually believe you, because this is the difference between somebody saying, You look pretty, and somebody saying, Oh my gosh that color is divine it brings out your eyes and what skincare regimen are you using I would love to get the name of whatever product you're using on your skin cuz it you are glowing that's the difference um, and that's that's that latter one is the thing where I got on my revision letter so that's great so um, I am now going into my fourth big revision so I'm going to take a moment to kind of break down right now what happens when you get a revision letter from an editor So I'm working with Hush Little Baby coming out next year. Uh, It, I did a terrible, shitty first draft, which is the way I write, which is the way I believe most people should write. Um, But there are no, there's no right and wrong. I do accept that. And I did a massive, massive Make Sense draft, which was then followed up by a couple of passes that um, cleaned things up and did a little bit of smaller things. So I would consider those my first and second draft. And then I sent it to my editor. Um, Second draft doesn't really cover what happened after the second draft before I sent it to my editor, where I do the smaller passes of looking for specific things. But you kind of get the gist. The big, huge, heavy lifting of the second draft was done before I sent it to my editor. My editor at that point, um, I've mentioned on the show, just called me. It wasn't... I. The book needed too much work even to get into a revision letter, honestly. Um, I had to move so much stuff around in the book that it was just a conversation. And she said, less slow in the beginning, less stabbing at the end, get some more stabbing up front and some emotions in the back. So I rewrote the book in another very big third draft, heavy lifting kind of thing. And that's what she got a couple weeks ago. And now I have the actual revision letter, and this is what you get from your editor. You will have an editor, whether you get an agent to sell your work and are traditionally published, or then your editor kind of works for you, and they give you money, and then they edit you, which is a nice part of traditional publishing. If you choose to self-publish, you have to hire your editor, and you'll get just as good an experience if you know what to look for. Um, And it's marvelous to hire your own editor. I always recommend Readzy.com. Everybody there is vetted. Most have worked in the traditional um, publishing industry. I've never heard a bad thing about an editor that my students and coaching clients have used. So I recommend that if you're going the self-publishing route. No matter what, you're going to get what's called a revision letter. And a revision letter, for some reason, is always single-spaced. Whew, this one was six pages long. I have heard of 20 and 30-page revision letters. Uh I think my shortest was two pages and my longest was maybe 10. So this is about average, um, six pages. And what the revision letter talks about is the broad stroke stuff. Um, This character needs to be expanded. This red herring doesn't work. And here's why. Um, This entire plot line can and should be lifted out. They're recommendations that you get to choose whether or not you take. I take all of them because... Every editor I've ever worked with has been way more right about these things than I am. I can't see the forest for the trees. They are right. So what I do, this is my process. Uh, It is exactly the same process that I use in any other revision pass. Revision is something, I talk about it a lot, that can be learned. It is a process. Once you learn it, you have it forever to use in every revision process. I'm doing it on that book of essays I talked about last week. Um, you can listen in episode number 108, of like a, a breakdown of how I revise, but just real quickly for this one, for an editing letter, for a revision letter from an editor, I do the same thing I always do. I print out a new and correct an up-to-date sentence outline, which just has a snippet of each scene, not even a snippet. It has a few words that say what happens in each scene. So I can basically read my whole book in 30 seconds or so, 45 seconds, of casting my eye over those. I leave a lot of space in between the scenes so I can scribble in there because this sentence outline will become my map. For revision. So I print that out and then I sit down with a revision letter and I get out my little two and a half by one inch post-its and for every idea my editor gives me I make a post-it and I stick it in my whatever journal I'm using at the time uh, or you could put it on an eight and a half piece of paper um, by eleven or you could put it on the back of your sentence outline wherever you want just stick them somewhere. Every single idea that she gives you write it down. Then what I do, that probably took me an hour and a half this morning, just doing those post-its. Then you open the document that she sends you. She'll send you your revised document in Word with comments. And what I do is I just hit that next comment button and I look at all of the comments. I would say 90 to 95% of the comments my editor this time has put in my document are small line edits, like this doesn't make sense. What about what happened in the last scene? How does this fit? They're small things. This editor tends to give me all the big ideas that I have to spend a lot of time thinking about in the revision letter, not inside the body of the document, which is fantastic. But in the past, what I've had is editors who will leave the really big ideas as comments in your manuscript totally great just so long as they're somewhere so what I do before I start any work is I look at every comment and make sure she hasn't (laughs) snuck one in there that is that is like you know get rid of this character or get rid of this storyline uh so I scan my eye down those and make sure I don't need to make any more post-its I think I only got two or three from that process this morning and then you kind of sit down with these post-its you sit down with your sentence outline. And that's when you brainstorm. That's when you start to scribble all over the sentence outline. How can I make this post-it happen? Where in the manuscript can I do that? How can I do that? For me, it's always when I'm writing thriller, apparently it's always about increasing suspense because I like to hang out with emotions, not suspense. Suspense is not an emotion. So for me, it's really about looking at that sentence outline. Where can I increase suspense and decrease Relaxation, decrease the break intention. So that's what I was doing today and it's so fun. It's so fun. And then what you do is you just open your document and you start with the first scene and you go from there looking at your map. It's all mapped out. You know what's going to happen in the next scene, what you need to fix. Um, You're going to have ideas on the way. Yay. More post-its. Um I should just call this the posted program honestly you know that I have a problem it's such a good problem to have okay so that's enough about revision I hope this has answered any questions you might have about getting a revision letter from an editor it's not scary it's a process it can hurt definitely Um, This time this revision letter didn't hurt because I got the first revision letter verbally just saying fix the mess you made Which I did. So uh, what else did I want to tell you? Uh, Oh, if you like these tips, you can always become a patron at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. At the $5 level a month and up, you get to ask me any questions about writing and I will answer them on the podcast in a mini episode. Nobody asks this question about the revision letter, so it's just in a regular podcast. Um, But I figured some of you might be wondering what you do when you get that dreaded, feared, and awesome revision letter. I will be recording an episode next week. Got a couple of questions. So if you have any and you are one of the $5 and up, Patrons, please leave me any of your writing questions, or really, you know, any questions at all. I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, Thank you, speaking of Patreon, to new patrons, Evan Oliver, who has already sent some questions, and Marie, thank you, and Lisa Lucky. I really appreciate your patronage. It means that what I am doing is important to you, and I am so grateful to all of my patrons over at Patreon. It is the, it's literally the difference in me being able to afford the time to do this kind of thing and to write those essays that I write for you and not doing them. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I think that's all I wanted to tell you before we get into this interview with Eddie King. Please enjoy this innovative approach to publishing. He's kind of pushing some uh, old boundaries here. So I hope you enjoy it. And I wish you very, very, very happy writing, my friends. Hey, is resistance keeping you from writing? Are you looking for an actual writing community in which you can make goals and be held accountable for them? Join Rachel Says Write, a twice-weekly, two-hour writing session on Zoom. You can bop in and out of the writing room as your schedule needs, but for just $39 a month, you can write up to four hours a week with our wonderful little community in which you'll actually get to know your writing peers. We write from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Tuesdays and 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Thursdays, and that's U.S. Pacific Standard Time. Go to rachelheroncom slash write to find out more. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show, Eddie King, all the way from Germany. Eddie, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you. You are a writer who is doing something I have not seen any other writer do so we're going to have time to talk about that towards the end of our time super exciting and let me give a little bio for you uh Eddie King is an author, screenwriter and television presenter born and raised in Hampstead London he spent many years working in the film industry as a producer and script consultant on a large budget hollywood productions he is a prominent ambassador of This is so weird, Eddie, and I love it, Um, of American (laughs) country music across Europe and co-hosts a weekly primetime television series where he interviews some of Nashville's biggest stars. Eddie has written five novels, all in the contemporary romance genre. His first book, Spoilt for Choice, earned him a Young Writer's Award nomination, and Southern Girl, Daisy Dukes in Cowboy Boots, has been adapted for screen. He currently splits his time between London, Los Angeles, and Nashville. Um, I am a... I'm a huge country fan, but old country. I'm not so into the new country. And uh, I was raised... I
1: started, sort of, yeah. The old country, the Johnny Cash.
0: And- yeah. Or even some of the stuff today that's coming out, but sounds a little bit older. I actually wrote a, yeah. a romance trilogy about three country singing sisters, which remains probably my favorite romances oh, wow. I've ever written. And I was looking at the cover of... Um, southern girl and it looks like one of my books it's it's pretty awesome well that's the thing
1: country music is sort of love stories right it's uh
0: exactly and you can have an entire romance novel inside one song um your bio does not say that you're a songwriter have you ever attempted that
1: uh, no, not yet. Um, I don't, I, I'm not very good musically. So.
0: <laughs> what drew you to, this is not on our list of things to talk about, but what drew you to country music in the first place?
1: Um, I think just growing up, uh, I always listened to sort of the, there's always Johnny Cash playing around my house and um, a lot of the sort of uh, rockabilly and rock yeah. and roll. And then I got, got into it uh, and I started visiting Nashville and I fell in love with the new country as well. So yeah. It, and the Blake Sheltons and everything. So, um, and it was weird because you know I come back to London and nobody knew about any of these stars, and they're like huge in the US, right? So, uh,
0: interesting. It
1: was uh, yeah. It was it was very interesting.
0: Did you see that recent um, mashup video? I think it's just called Country Music, and it basically has all the stars in it, from Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, to all the oh, new yes. people. Did, have you seen yeah. that?
1: Yes, I have. Seen it's it. so
0: gorgeous. I don't know how new it is, maybe it came out months ago, but yeah, I saw it was, the other day. Yeah, it's uh
1: it's really nice. It's a really nice sort of community. I used to work in the film industry out in LA, and it was, you know, still in the entertainment genre. But when you moved to work in country music out in Nashville, the people are so different. People are so nice and so welcoming, and um, yeah, and it was something new because you know, Europe. We had like a big gap in country music, so it was yeah. nice. to go to the u.s and bring some of that back
0: that is so awesome um i was supposed to be in nashville two months ago but covid got in the way and i still haven't been it's definitely like a bucket list item for me it's to go to the bluebird fun. yeah you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's talk about you and your books because you are a busy fella and you're still getting books done what is your writing process what how and where and how much all of that
1: Ooh, well it, it differs every time usually it's kind of uh at a pub or a bar or maybe a coffee shop. Uh, I like a bit of background noise, um, some sort of distraction to get your mind off of it. Um, and you know, it really just matters. I know people say you should keep sort of a nine to five schedule and
0: uh, five
1: days a week, but that just doesn't work for me. I don't
0: agree with uh, the shoulds. That's why I like the show. We don't, we don't, (laughs) we don't worry about the shoulds.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so sort of whenever I'm in the mood, I usually go around sort of 10 a.m., eleven a.m. and I'll sit there until I'm done. Um and that's usually about sort of five, six PM. Um how yeah.
0: how have things changed since COVID though, since you can't go out?
1: It's been tough. You know, it's uh I don't know, it's been it's been a bit of both. Sort of it's nice where you can just sit in your pajamas all day and just write from your couch. Um I should be sitting at my desk and writing, especially when there's deadlines coming in. But um, yeah, it's, uh, but things over here, I'm out in Germany at the moment um, and everything's back to normal pretty much so. Really? Every, everything's open, um, which can helps. You,
0: you can actually go sit in a pub now?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I just take nice my laptop and the weather's been nice so you can sit outside as well, so.
0: That must be really nice. I miss, I miss things, yeah.
1: <laughs> America, we're not, we're not handling this
0: whole thing very well, so it's going to take a little bit longer. Okay, so what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing?
1: Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a new one every day. Um, I, think, the truth. I think it's probably, like everyone says, the editing process. Um, you send your book off and you've got your baby that you've been working on, comes back with so many revisions, and every time I think, okay, they're going to come back and say it's perfect, don't change anything, (laughs) but every time it's like, all right, take this chapter out, take this character out, this doesn't work, and I'm just like, ah. I spend a lot of time on that.
0: (laughs) You have no idea how hard I worked for that, and I love that you say that, I always think that, that this time I'm sending it away and I've nailed it, I always think it, (laughs) and then... (laughs) I'm supposed to get a revision back on Monday and I, and I now know like, oh, it's going to be bad again. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the bad thing is that they usually write. <laughs> yes, they are. That's, uh, that's always a process to sort of admit it. You have to say, yeah, well, actually.
0: <laughs> How long does it take you to realize that this particular editing letter is right again?
1: Um, again, it's different. You know, with Southern Girl, I was convinced that, um, you know, I wanted to release a sort of a writer's cut version of it because I was not happy with (laughs) (laughs) with it. But sort of uh, when the sales started coming in, I was like, okay, well, maybe they were right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to steal that idea from my students. Like if you really hate these editing ideas, just Put your book aside into a writer's cut. You can always share that later no. for lots Nobody's of money. You might read it, but you know, yeah. at least put it out. <laughs> and psychologically, you have yeah. it, and then they'll see. Also, we all see after we do our edits. We're like, oh yeah, the book is a lot better now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got alternative endings for most of my books. <laughs>
0: Me too. You know, that's funny. I have alternative books for most of my books. <laughs> yeah. I, I rewrite so much. Uh, what is your biggest that's joy when about poster it comes to writing?
1: What's the biggest what, sorry? Oh,
0: what's your biggest joy when it comes to writing?
1: Um, I think when it all comes together, right? There's always sort of uh, points when you're writing and you just, you think, oh, actually, this works. Um, and sort of things that surprise you while you're writing. So you usually have a plan of what you want to, where you want to take the story, but then something pops in your head and uh, you take it in that direction uh, and it works. Yeah, and then... Um, when you sort of start connecting with characters that you're writing, uh, I think that definitely, um, whether you like them or hate them, if you have any feeling about the characters that you write, um, that's always a nice feeling because um, you sort of, kind of as a writer, you live in this world where there's all these fictional characters around you. um, And when you kind of see that they're real people in your head, uh, that's, that's, that's fun. That's a good part of writing, I would say.
0: That's a, such a delicious feeling to think of them as friends and to kind of miss them. The sad thing
1: as well, but to yeah. as <laughs> well,
0: right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, your plans moving as the characters take you, are you more of a planner, a plotter, or are you more of a seat of your pants or something in uh, between?
1: Uh, I, I try to plan more and more um and it does help and i've been trying to get into this habit of uh, before i start having a solid plan but i hardly ever stick to it there's <laughs> always uh or something sort of creeps in and, uh, a lot of the stories that i write are sort of uh, current affairs as well so you have to take in uh just what's happening around you um And I'm very impatient. So if I hear something or if I see a trait about a character, I just want to get it in this book. I don't think about sort of two or three books. I try to just cram everything in.
0: (laughs) I believe (laughs) in that. I really believe Mm -hmm. it. Was it Annie Dillard said something like, um, save nothing, keep nothing back. And it was much, it was a beautiful long quote, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'll spend it all, play it all. Because Perfect. as soon as you spend it all and play it all and put it in this book, you, you know, we all have that worry, like, well, the next book won't have anything, but the, it backfills with exactly. these new ideas. Yeah. I love that. Can you share a craft tip of any sort of as regards to writing? Uh,
1: I would say, um, there's no right way of doing anything. And I'll explain that a little bit. I think a lot of people, uh, starting out with writing they you know they do all this research of how to write and even how to format stuff and and I try to break I don't deliberately go to break the rules but I think you know those rules are there to be sort of bent and you can play with the English and you can you can just do whatever you want there's no right way of doing it and there's no one way of doing it Um, and as great as all these sort of writing books are and stuff i think the the advice i give to all sort of new writers and young writers is just go out there and just write uh, and just start um just get pen to paper just get words out there and you pick it up along the way yes. i mean i mean look at shakespeare one of the greatest writers you know he just made words up <laughs> when he wanted to
0: he made a uh, lot of words and he made a lot uh, of them up yeah
1: yeah so i think you can play around sort of being a fiction writer anyways, you can play around with uh, words and sentence structure and a lot of sort of the stuff I write kind of sentences border into poetry. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of space there to do what you want and you should just be yourself and not try and imitate anyone else. So yeah, I think that would be it. There's no rules with writing and just be yourself. So That
0: is such a huge tip. And it is not yeah. one that we talk about a lot. We talk a lot about the specific ways to be better, be stronger, all of these things, you know, what books we should read. And we read all of the books and we yeah. listen to podcasts like this. But what we forget is that we're all completely unique. But the one thing that we all share is that we learned how to do it by doing it. Yeah, None of us learned everything by reading all of the books putting it together perfectly in our brains and being able to sit down and do it we all had to learn on the job
1: exactly and that's the best way of doing it plus get all your commas right right
0: (laughs) that is for someone else i always think that is what a copy editor is for they are not that expensive you know yeah that's yeah they can (laughs) every time i get copy edits back i'm like i I am the world's worst writer. Like I have no idea what a comma is. You know, I think I do. I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you have that frustrating thing where different copy editors do things differently. You're like, I just learned how to do this, and you're doing it differently. Yeah. Um, what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way?
1: Um. Oh. I think maybe. Well, unsurprisingly, people. Um, how so? Uh, I think just, I think people inspire me. I sort of, I'm one of those people that goes and sits down and just people watches. And that's how I get inspiration for actually writing. Um, and then somebody might come into your life and they're just sort of this this force and that sort of encourages me to write. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: I use people as muses all the time, uh, whether they know it or not. <laughs> um Love, again, you know, I'm one of those people that falls in love three or four times a day with people. (laughs) So that really encourages me to write. Um, And then probably more surprisingly, music as well. I take um, a lot of inspiration from music. Um, And I often have songs in my head while I'm writing and I sort of play them over and over again. And it could be anything from sort of a gangster rap song to get me all pumped up to sort of some classical music to calm me down or a bit of Taylor Swift, you know, just why not? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I really liked that. I liked her latest uh, documentary. That was good.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, again, she's such a talented songwriter. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's so much talent in music and just the stories and they get to tell a story in such a short amount of time. So, Yeah. Music, surprisingly, people, not so surprisingly.
0: Well, it's interesting. Would you agree that, and this is a thesis I'm just making right now, so I could be wrong, but would you agree that most writers have to be somehow in love with people? I think there are some curmudgeons. (laughs) Yeah, I think there are some, probably some curmudgeonly writers that aren't, and perhaps they write because they kind of hate people. Maybe we fall into different camps, but I am one of those like you, I fall in love. Constantly, with I'm in love with you right now. You know, you're going to be inspiring something that I do later. But that's and the I thing,
1: think... even if you hate somebody, there is an element of love in it. Yeah, you know, love yes. is sort of a feeling of passion and
0: fascination.
1: So, if you actively go out and hate everyone, there's something loving about that in a weird way as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> From, in terms but yeah, of intention, mean, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think you can't, you can't write characters and you can't write about people um, without loving them or loving the idea of the diversity of the world, really. So,
0: and loving them completely, including yeah. all the flaws that we have to build into our characters. We don't write books with perfect people. Exactly. And,
1: you know, there's that old uh, phrase that, you know, uh, writers feel more, uh, writers love more, and l- writers hate more.
0: Um, I've never heard uh, that, and I love it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of true, I think. Um, yeah. I feel very <laughs> deeply all the time. So.
0: <laughs> My wife calls that um, being a drama queen. <laughs> but everything affects I me. I feel all a- that
1: as well, all the time.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what writers have in common. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Um, what is the best book you've read recently, and why did you love it?
1: Ooh. I should be reading more. I you know, that's what one thing is a that's one of my flaws. I just don't read enough. Um but then when I do read, I sort of read everything from an author in one sitting. Um
0: uh, mm, sort of so you're a binge reader.
1: Yeah, uh but sort of author wise. So mm. I um recently reread all of Fitzgerald's books, you know. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and there was a collection of short stories called Flappers and Philosophers.
0: I just Uh, saw that the other day.
1: Yeah, and so I read that recently. I really enjoyed it. Um, But I had sort of mixed feelings as well after that, because I I read it, I enjoyed it. I thought, okay, it's been a while since I've read some of this. Some of them I haven't read. Uh, But then I saw a show, uh, like an Amazon or Netflix show, about Zelda Fitzgerald. Uh, And it's sort of a mini documentary about Scott Fitzgerald and uh, he was he didn't come across as the nicest person in the sort of in the series. So it kind of put a bit of a sour taste Mm -hmm. afterwards. That's
0: that's difficult. Yeah. That's difficult to put those. I hate it when a favorite author lets me down in some big way. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, still not over some of the ones. Okay, so now is the time that we talk about you and what you're doing, where people can find you. But please tell us about this latest book that just came out um, this week as record, so, as we record. So it'll be about two weeks yeah. uh, when it goes out. And what is different about this book?
1: Oh, what isn't different about this? <laughs> sort of, um, First, tell us the title. Yeah, it's called The Lost Romantics. Um, so it's about. Uh, three friends, three wealthy friends from London uh, that are trying to navigate sort of love, modern love and relationships in the digital world with sort of Tinder and Bumble and sort of, and it's kind of the concept is that these guys are tired of swiping. They're tired of online dating. They're tired of sort of not going out on real dates. So they're coming together to bring romance back uh, to make romance call cool again, as it were, <laughs> or, <laughs> or great again. was so. um, but yeah, so I think there's sort of a lot of people I feel anyways, or there will be in their sort of early to mid thirties that are kind of rebelling against social media and app dating and online dating. And it's been fun for a while and it's been a new thing, but there's this nostalgia factor that kicks in and everyone sort of, uh, remembers the old times and, you know, going out and uh, picking up a girl at her house for a date, taking her, you know, having dinner. um, And, you know, it sounds like such a simple thing, but uh, a lot of the time these days it's, uh, we'll meet at the bar, have a drink at lunchtime or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think those stories of uh, romance are, at risk, and you know, it's I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Uh, is this uh,
0: a is this a trilogy, or will all three friends end up in the end with love?
1: Um, well, you'll have to stay tuned. For oh, okay, that.
0: <laughs> and how how do we stay tuned?
1: Yeah, well, this, that's the weird thing. I mean, this book is actually available for free uh, on Instagram. Uh, if you follow at the lost romantics or you follow me, uh, Eddie leaking, um, I publish, uh, I think 10 to 15 pages a day at the moment. Um, and it's just the next chapters that keep
0: them coming out and coming. And out. it's in the stories function. Yes. So basically your, your most recent pictures on your feed basically say how to go to the stories and, yeah. um, you have this really clever thing. So a story, you know, a story only lasts for a few seconds. Um, but you have that little heart to kind of show where a right-handed person would put their thumb. Yeah. I've got a lot of people
1: telling me, you know, I can't read that fast because you only get sort of 10 seconds. But you (laughs) explain
0: it clearly. They were not reading directions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there's a little heart in the corner where you put your thumb, you rest your thumb and it holds the page. Um, and, You can read the whole book. It's in the highlights section in the story section. Yeah, so you
0: keep the highlights. Those are always there. (laughs) Um, Will, I just think it's such a fascinating model. And what I really love about it is... Um, the tension that you hold between these people wanting out of social media and swiping and everything like this. but Yeah, I mean, the, the irony is not lost knowledge. on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I love it. I think it's, it feels really intentional to make the reader think about what is going on in the book while they're holding their phone. Um, what will happen when all of the pages are in? Will you then publish the book as well as a standalone or will you always have to go through Instagram? To get uh, it yeah, no,
1: so this is kind of um just for the release, so there's three books uh at the moment um and they'll be released incrementally over Instagram, but I think the first book is available on Amazon and
0: oh it Amazon is okay
1: paper copy in I think two weeks okay um, and then in bookstores in uh I should know this, but I think it's around six weeks um
0: is this your idea to do this or is it your publisher's idea or um it
1: was actually my publishers and I you know I have to admit this was another thing you know I was totally against because I was (laughs) like you know um first of all I was like how are we going to give this book away for free you know um and then it was sort of I'm a big fan of sort of paperbacks and hardbacks and actual physical books and I've always fought that corner of. You know, I don't even like reading ebooks or audiobooks. I've never sort of got into it. Uh, so I was against the idea from the beginning. <laughs> but then, like everything, sort of, uh, they broke me down and it sort of kind of made sense. And I like the fact that it is free for people to go out there and uh, read because, you know, times are tough, especially now with COVID and everything, uh, spending eight, nine pounds or on a book Um, you know it's a luxury sometimes Uh, and it's a whole new audience as well.
0: It's a whole new audience and I think the thing that I hope that you find is that you're I've I've seen this with friends when they they publish a book on their blog like in pieces is people still buy the book and these people will be like, well, I kind of wanted to reread that chapter and I don't want to go back through the stories. I'll just buy the book. And they're going to be telling their friends. And it's such a fascinating model.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. I think a lot of sort of, uh, you know, when I write, I write for a certain audience and, you know, that's completely the different audience that I get. Um, But, you know, people spend so much time on Instagram or on social media um, looking at sort of all sorts of rubbish yeah um yeah. and this is sort of a way to say well actually i'm doing something good on my phone i'm actually reading a book Um, yes. history, um and you know it's you know you, in instagram you know you've got all of your friends things and vacation pictures and all sorts of things so it's nice to break it up a little bit with uh a story as well so. and I get
0: I personally get really stuck in stories I really really like them so and in fact they
1: just keep going um, on and on right <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah
0: exactly they just keep turning um in fact I'm going to re- try to remember today and also when this comes out to put your first page in my stories so that people oh, can see okay. that that would be really cool and that's what a great way to share too like free book here you go well, oh yeah that's
1: sort of the idea and sort of a lot of brands and a lot of uh Influencers and people are mentioned within the book. So sort of from a marketing yes. point, they all share and it gets bigger on social media that way. So.
0: And you can tag them on those pages when they're shared. and
1: Exactly. Oh, so- my
0: mind is blowing. I'm exactly. never ever going to do this this sounds like a nightmare to administer i mean yeah the
1: logistics um, side of it you know, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even get it formatted Yeah, you know? <laughs> me trying to put a story together is a nightmare so hey, luckily, somebody does that
0: the format is beautiful the format is really well done i think mm. um it just yeah, looks i mean great. you know
1: it's 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 on such a small screen sometimes you can be like well you know it must be hard to read but I think they've got the balance right, you know.
0: They got the balance right. These are these are 47-year-old eyes. And and <laughs> yeah. as soon as I see something that's a little bit too small, I leave it. I'll pick up a book in the bookstore and go, well, can't read that. And yours was like, Oh, I'm in it. I'm reading. So yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so um tell us again where we can find you and all of these things.
1: Yes. So Instagram is probably the best way uh to go. Uh so the book's called The Lost Romantics, and the handle is at the Lost Romantics. Uh, and me you can find also on instagram at eddie Lee King. Uh and the book is published on both places and you can find out information about like my previous books and upcoming books and all sorts thank of you. stuff so that's probably the best way um,
0: thank you for being here and for being so um, different
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, well.
0: (laughs) Of course. I've never interviewed an author author just like you, and I enjoy that. So it's been a a (laughs) wonderful thing. I was really looking forward to this interview, and you did not disappoint. So thank you so much for being here, and happy writing, and may it fly from the Instagram and also the paid-for shelves. That's hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eddie. All right, take care.